You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, it's a Memorial Day in the United States of America, quite a somber day because of what's been going on recently in the United States and also what Mr. Trump has been saying over the weekend. But those matters need not detain us. We had a really good end to last week. Is it all over or is this this just a a sort of a brief respite? That's very, it's odd. I, I just put out some feelers now. I put out a tweet, asked three questions. Mm. You know, is the market still bearish? Is it bottoming? Or how do you feel? Do you think this is a genuine rally? Mm. I'm just interested to see what's in the minds. Look, this goes out to thousands of people, but not everybody there is well informed. I'm just interested to pick up how people are thinking. Lindsay, it's too early. I mean, it's obviously too early. It's uh, We need a lot more good news to actually bring back confidence and also you need i think you need proper news but how can i say it needs to be uh proper news in 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 the sense that okay inflation is coming down um alternatively the the u.s economy is slowing and there's no need to to be aggressive by rate so you need um proof for this you need to uh, you know, it, you can't I, just. I know what you mean. Lie. You need a catalyst, in other words. You need you need yes, some kind yes. of trigger to mm, say that okay, mm. this was the turning point. The war stops. Yeah. Uh, yes. the, the the leaders of Ukraine and Russia got together and they decided yeah. on on a deal, and that would be a huge relief for the market. And as you quite rightly say, oil has peaked or wheat has peaked, and therefore yes. inflation's coming down. But we haven't got that. Everything's the same. It's still the same yeah. as it was a week ago. Well, well, what 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 the question might be is that sometimes the market's pretty smart and it can sense something. Mm. You know, it can sense okay, things are changing. I need empirical proof. You know, I need before I go and spend other people's money and take a risk with other people's money, which I can't do. You know, it's, no. you've got to be very sensitive. I can't say ah, I've got a gut feel. I'm going to do it. Um, I think you need to be able to substantiate it. So that you can go back to your clients and say, look, on this piece of evidence, I feel more positive. I'm going to go into the market. So I must say I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that markets are performing. I'm looking at the JSC as well. It's strong. Yes. It's now uh, another very good day. I mean, it's up 2%. Maybe we didn't respond. You know, we, we only got the ta- or the beginning, sorry, of Wall Street on Friday. So, I mean, and it's right across the board. So, Lindsay, there's confidence there. You know, this is, uh, you know, it's supported by uh, by orders. Admittedly, the JSC, the volumes are very low. You know, it's very, very low. So um, we also need volumes. We also need volumes behind this uh, to to support this kind of gain. You know, you don't want you need you need people to say yes, it's time to buy. So yeah, but, that's that's but, where I feel I'm happier. But um, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to raise the victory flags yet. No, not yet, because you never get this. You're not going to get a V-shaped recovery. In other no. words, uh, the market uh, uh, plunges over an eight-week period in the United States and then suddenly rallies over another eight-week period and you're back to where you were t- two months ago. Um, but 
I think the point about the JSE is it's actually quite impressive. And I, you, you and I have been sometimes mm. slightly dismissive about South Africa Incorporated. But on the other hand, I was talking to Nick on Friday, Nick Kunza from um, Sandland Private Wealth. I was talking to him and he, he went through a couple of numbers. He said, OK, the NASDAQ has done this this year. S&P has done that. And the FTSE has done this, etc. And the and then the JSE came up at the end. The JSE has been a huge outperformer. OK, it's a tiny, tiny market compared mm-hmm. to the other markets that I've just mentioned. Yeah. But it has outperformed spectacularly compared to something like the NASDAQ, which is still in bear yeah. market territory, David. If you look, it's interesting that you say that. Do you know what the best market has been? Um, And I'm talking about the ones that we follow. No, go on. Has been the FTSE. Oh, okay. So year to date, okay, I'm in constant currency. What's the word you were using in there? In the home currency. I'm not not, uh, translating it into dollars or pounds or anything like that. Yeah, it's constant currencies. It's it's what, it's what, it's what Richemont says when it when it brings out its results because yeah. it's got so many things uh, on a constant currency basis. I think constant is the right word. But anyway, the FTSE. Well, yeah. mm. I don't I don't want to go into no. converting everything into different kinds of currencies. So, if you look at the FTSE over um, year to date it's up nearly 3% or 2.7. Mm. The JSC was down 4 and a bit, four you know, and a which bit, is yeah. trying to recover. So, mm. so the FTSE is and, and the reason is that there's been spectacular gains in, uh, you know, in energy stocks and also in the miners. So JSC has got its strength from uh, from from the diversified miners. That's where we've got the uh, you know that's where we've got the big gains, and and uh, it's been in in companies like year to date. If you look at BHP, seventeen percent. Uh, I'm trying to pick up some of the others, you know, and the banks as well have done pretty well. Sassel, fifty six percent up here. Glencore up 27%, Anglos 15 So that's where we've gained our strength. But it's also given some of the smaller businesses underneath that, you know, the confidence as well to, to, to grow. So it has been, it's been, you know, a very reasonable market. Uh, you've got to call the next leg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got to say what what happens now. I think uh, I think a, a bottoming formation, David. If you, I, mean, I don't want to talk too much about technicalities no. or anything, but you know, a technical chart reflects fundamentals and people's mood and people's buying and selling habits. So I would say that probably. If it if if the bad news is already in there, it's not going to go spiking back up again. It's just gonna it's just gonna bumble along at the bottom and then gradually start to rise again between now and the end of the year, and maybe even longer. But maybe that eight week period of losses on Wall Street, which influenced obviously the rest of the world, that maybe the eight week period was was the worst of it. Because um, the the other thing that happened was yeah. that uh, the, the Russians said they're not going to use, they said categorically they're not going to use uh, nuclear weapons in its war against uh, Ukraine. And I think that relieved a lot of people, actually, because I think a lot of people in Europe were thinking, well, if they do that, then they could do that to us as well. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe. I, mm, I, you know, this is costing them a lot of money. Mm. This war is costing them an absolute fortune. And I think the economy is going to start uh, cracking a little. I'm talking Russia. Something has to give. You know, we saw this in China. I mean, if you've been following the news, there's like a standoff between the Premier and 
the chairman. You know, that's between Xi Jinping and Li. I don't know how you can pronounce them. I always get confused when it comes to Chinese names. Yes. With respect, you know, I don't want to disrespect them. But no. it sounds like Ka Li Kaxing or something like that, except um, whatever. And there's been a standoff because the premier feels that something has to be done for the economy, whereas uh, Xi has been sticking to this um, COVID zero policy, which is absolutely destroying it. So, you know, even there in, in, in China, we've started to see, um, you know, concerns about the, about the economy and about the cost of, of this for, you know, because I know they've got an election coming up, China, whatever you call it. I don't know, um, whether it is an election or whether main officials get elected. You know, the, no, the, the, there's no such thing as, no, there's yeah. no such thing as an election in China. We know that because there's only one party, uh, obviously. So it's one that is promoted <laughs> most by Xi. Well, I, I well, don't know. I'm being dis- yeah. disparaging you again. You still got to select leadership. And I mean, they still mm. have to get some kind of vote, although I suppose everybody's dead scared to vote against the uh, Xi and just in case he comes in power because that will be the end of your career. Yes. So, <laughs> so, but but you can see stresses. You know, there are stresses and that's why I think that, uh, you know, somewhere China is blinking now with its COVID policy. Uh, that's why markets are firm today. And I think Russia is also going to have to blink because somewhere down the line, you know, you could get, I don't want to say revolution, but but you're going to get stress. And people say, okay, we've had enough. You know, this is costing too much. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't really want to go back to 1917 and struggle and, you know, go through the, the stresses that we had then. So, yeah. So. Anyway, whatever the reason is and whether this has, whether we have seen the low and this is just a knee-jerk reaction to coming off the low from an oversold position and now we bumble along and form a base and then shoot up uh, next year or something, I don't know. But anyway, it certainly looks um, so much more encouraging. Thursday and Friday of last week were really good. Today has been really, really good as well. And and talking about today, a few companies came out with some numbers, David. Momentum Metropolitan, I can't even bring myself to talk about that because I don't understand them and it's, it's quite, yeah. quite honestly it's boring they came out with a nine month update I'll just read the list before you decide which one you want to pick mm, okay yeah okay Momentum Metropolitan came out with numbers a nine month update Adcorp came out with annual results and as, as soon as the market opened it was up six percent I don't know what it's doing now Signia recently well in the last hour or so has come out with um an update as well a trading update share price up you know, close to four percent Bidvest Again, uh, and I don't know why they come out with a 10-month operational update, but they have done. Uh, share up around about half a percent. Which one of those is this something that would make David Shapiro sit back and say, OK, I need to read these numbers? I think I, yeah, I've known Bidvest for a long time, and yes. uh, one's got to go through the business, because it's also very reflective of what's happening in the service industry in South Africa. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's got a broad spread of businesses. There's not much there. Everything's doing well, and there are no numbers associated with a trading update. And I think this could be a pre, you know, before they go into a closing period, they're going into the last month. They're an end-of-June company. So they're going into the last month, and uh, they might be seeing analysts of that, and just giving you an idea of how they how they're trading, which is good. I mean, they haven't said anything that's dramatic. Um, we've come out of COVID, and I go back to momentum now. Remember during that, and uh, during during uh, last year, 
there were a lot of claims and death claims and issues. So, Lindsay, I think it's going to take a couple of years before we can decide whether South African businesses have got over, uh, uh, you know, the lockdown hump, over COVID, and whether we're back to 2018, 2019, mm. and moving forward. There are a lot that, you know, you saw Nedbank downgraded the South African economy to 1.6%, which is the same thing that the uh, Reserve Bank did. They took it down to 1.7 from 2%. Things were looking a bit better. They brought it back mainly because of, of load shedding and also because of, you know, the floods in Natal are going to take a few points off that. So we still got some hardships ahead here. What worries me about this enthusiasm that we're seeing? Have a look at the oil price. Uh, yeah, do you remember, <laughs> just before you go on with your probably more uh, articulate points, is do you remember I said to, to, to Nick yeah. last week when the three of us were chatting, yeah. I said, the one thing that really worries me is yeah. that the oil price spike is not an oil price spike, which has been because of a tanker being blown up uh, um, you know, in, in, no. the, in the Gulf of Arabia or something like that. It, it, it's not one of those spiky things where people have to scramble in order to get oil uh, covered on the futures markets. It's really relentless david it doesn't yep. stop and here we are above yep. 120 dollars a barrel it and although you can say to yourself well it can't keep going uh, at, 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 at this pace in percentage terms but it's still up there it's it's the the, the price of energy is non-stop to the upside yep. and i as i said last week i worry about it and clearly you are as well, well there's no there's no relief we're no. not hearing the OPEC coming and saying we're going to push out more. Mm. We're not hearing America saying we're going to push out more. Uh, America's dug into strategic reserves. I would imagine other countries have done that. Uh, if China is now um, coming out of lockdown and uh, is going to make up, is going to catch up for uh, what it's denied its its citizens and people are going to go out and spend and get business back going, there's going to be suddenly a spike in demand again. That's how I see it. The other thing is um, Russia. You know, the EU is still trying to formulate sanctions against them and uh, uh, move away from their oil. So uh, you put it all together, you've got $120 Brent. Now, when I translate that, you, you know that two years ago, the oil price fell below 40 in the post, in the depth of COVID, you know, in the lockdown, I think it was around about June. If you go back two years, you'll see Brent was 40 or below. We're now three times that. I don't know where the rand was. I can't remember where the rand was there. It might have been higher. But we are paying very close to uh, the highest we've ever paid for, for oil in rand terms. Well, I can tell you something that's um, in March, I think it was uh, 2020. So um, two and a quarter years ago, two and a third years ago, uh, Brent crude oil, Oh, it obviously had that anomaly where it was actually went negative at some yeah, stage, but negative. it was trading between ten and fifteen dollars a barrel yeah. in the as a precursor to that uh, extraordinary situation that we saw, and so it's it's gone up ten times, more than ten times yeah. since then. And again, I don't know what the RAM was doing either, but this has been one of the biggest bull markets and commodities I've ever seen in my life, and it's mm. not stopping, and it hasn't been no. spiky; it's been genuinely 
a genuine mm. bull market that you would love if it was a stock, if it was a yeah. if it was a security on the JSC or on the on the Nasdaq, you'd say what a fantastic bull market. But yeah. of course, it's not a fantastic bull market because it's a, a tax on us. So that, yeah, well, the, the it's a big one. The point I'm getting at, the mm. point I'm, I'm uh, where I'm moving to, is that it, it's we're going to get a massive hike in petrol prices now. Yeah. Now for most. I, you know, we've spoken about this for for people in South Africa or for people in poorer countries. And wh- whatever we might say, we are a poor country. And you judge that by GDP per capita. Right. You know, we're not uh, – uh, we, we're pay maybe a little richer than some other poorer countries, but we're still <laughs> poor. And it means that most of the wallets, people who earn money here, most of their money goes on transport, you know, to get to their place of work. Um it also goes on food, and both of those are through the roof, right. which means the vast amount of their wallet, the vast amount of what they have to consume and the money they have to spend goes on those two items. So something's got to give. Now, I mean, we rely heavily. Why did pick and pay? Where is it going? It's not going to the top end of the market because people are getting richer. It's not competing with, with, it, with, with those juicy grapes we get at Woolworths at a huge price or they're competing at the bottom end. You know, they're going down to boxer. Now, that's the market that I fear is going to be be hurt. And that's really the substance of the South African uh, economy. And I think that that's where I'm concerned is that, hold on a sec, I think you know, there's going to be a huge outcry. You can see the strikes we're getting in every uh, – I, I don't know whether the trade unions are there just to cause political trouble – or, or whether there's genuinely a demand for higher pay because people can't make it meet. Mm. I would say the latter. You know, I would say I so too. I, yeah. yeah. I don't think they're so mixing it up uh, politically. I think yeah. they're genuinely concerned about the mm. Mm. about the I, income and well-being of, the, of their members. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge yeah. fan of unions, but I do think mm. in this case – that the, the, the CPI that we see is not the true CPI for yeah. a worker who works on a mine or in a factory or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I think that there are going to be issues ahead with, with the market. And that's why I'm absolutely staggered. I can't, in my mind, come to terms with why we have to keep putting up interest rates. People are naturally going to uh, reduce their spending patterns. And it's right at the bottom end of the market. So, you know, what what we're going to achieve by raising interest rates just eludes me. For me, it's, ah, I just, okay, rates are going up for whatever reason. It helps my savers. It means that they're getting more for the excess money that they're putting away. But I cannot see, you know, already, and this is the new word that we can, we, we're using all the time this What's demand that? destruction. Demand destruction. Oh, I see. You know, that's the latest word that uh, everyone says, which means that people are spending less, you know, because it's killing demand. Anyway, that's, you know, so when we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about the results that are coming through, whether it's from a bid vest or wherever it is, I'm a little concerned that that down the line is going to be strained. I, I, the thing is about the South African Reserve Bank, and again, I refer to it's conversations that I have, I've had with you and, and Nick. Um, we, we've, we've said, yeah, the Reserve Bank's behaving very responsibly. It's a pillar of stability in South Africa when there's a little bit of chaos, both domestically and internationally, and well done to them and everything. But I look at it and I think to myself, 
Is the way that they behave when it comes to interest rates just based on what's happening overseas? Because it's entirely yeah. inappropriate, in my in my opinion. I say to myself, if you look at the population of the United Kingdom or America or Germany oh. or, or France, most of the people that are economically active in those countries I've just mentioned are very, very influenced by uh, an interest rate cut or an interest rate rise because they've got mortgages, mm. they've got car finance, etc. Uh, Most people uh, in South Africa, the majority of the population is, isn't affected by it. If you've got an account at Capitec, for example, you don't, you don't get affected uh, by a, a, a rise in interest rates. I mean, am I being too simplistic here? But no, the, the no. man and woman in the street in South Africa doesn't care whether interest rates go up or or or, nah, or down. Nah. So what is the what is yeah. it, it's like an impotent weapon here that they're wielding uh, they're wielding at us, don't you think? Uh, that's my view, but but I have to I have to concede and uh, that that I haven't got the training or understanding to you know to argue that point in a court of law. Or, or in front of a judge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's, you, you understand what I'm saying? I don't know, exactly. You, I, you haven't got a fundamental basis for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah, we're trying to intellectualize this and say, why are you doing this? Mm. You know, this is the old rule book. You know, this is Volcker in the 1980s. I could understand why he did it. It was entrenched. But uh, I, don't, I don't know whether it works. I, you know, I, I just, uh, as, as uh, Stiglitz said the other day, you know, he said, uh, by raising interest rates, you're not going to grow more wheat. That was a cute saying, but I mean, I don't know what he's no, trying, no, no. trying to say. What there, he's trying but, to say is that, hmm. that, that you know, you've got to address the supply side. Hmm. You've got to address pushing out more oil or pushing out more food. That, if you want to get on top of it from a global point of view, you've got to get together and say, how are we going to get more wheat? to uh, poverty-stricken countries or how are we going to alleviate uh, shortages of oil, understanding that Russia is, is um, you know, that, that, that we have this Russian issue. So I don't know whether there's any kind of cooperation. We screwed it up on the, on the pandemic. Um, there was no cooperation between countries. But if you are genuinely nervous of, of, a, of a global poverty, which the UN are, of, of people walking around starving and um, not being able to, to buy bread, which is the staple diet of most people, um, what are you going to do about it? Mm. Address, not put up interest rates. You know, that's not going to solve it. That's a very good point, actually, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you have to do it. And I, I don't know, mm. in a developed, a so-called developed world society, which is addicted to debt, then yes, yeah. it will take out a couple of hundred dollars from your monthly uh, income statement and you're going to have to, yeah, you haven't got the $200 to go and, and spend on stuff like you would do. In South Africa, nah, I don't think it's right. Nah, nah. I don't think it's, it's right. I think they're doing the right thing, but I don't think it's right, which is a, a contradiction in terms. But on the other mm. hand, that's my view. David, um, the anyway, market... We have to, for the audience, I mean, for the people who are listening, oh, yes. you know, who, who may have Economics 3 and who may have uh, honours in economics or masters, Mm -hmm. I apologize for my naivety or lack of understanding. Oh, please. But do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't. I, no. I, it just, I'm just trying to give a common sense approach to it and say, why are you doing this? 
Anyway. David, the, the fact that you're still in, in, in doing what you're doing after decades of being oh, in the market oh. and as, as successful, you don't have to apologise to anybody. There is theory and there is practice. And there yeah. are market conditions that you've never seen before, and therefore they those market conditions warrant sort of a merit adjustment, I think. I don't think you should, people should be too rigid when it comes to a third world country was or shall we call it a second world country like um, south africa shouldn't be doing what a first world country like britain or yeah. the united states yeah. should be doing i think there yeah. should be some more creativity um but anyway that's just me david the football season's over i, I don't know what to do yeah. i mean i sat down last night and i thought oh, okay no. i mean i i was clinging onto scraps last night nottingham forest versus huddersfield in the championship playoff final to go up into the Premiership, when they say it's worth 170 million pounds to the winner, and Nottingham Forest won, and it, it was quite honestly, it was an awful game. Uh, but um, I, I watched it because I knew I wouldn't be watching another decent game until August the sixth. So I watched it anyway, sicko that I am. Uh, but I was thinking about Nottingham Forest, and nobody really. I don't think anyone of of. Uh, I, I think there's a generation gone by that yeah. uh, remembers Nottingham Forest, but you remember Brian Clough, the late, great yes. Brian Clough. He was yes. famously uh, appointed Leeds manager, Leeds United manager, and he lasted 33 days, which I think is the shortest tenure ever in uh, a, a premiership um, or top flight um, management uh, history. And they yeah. and they've gone up to the the the, uh, the, the Premiership mm. for the first time in twenty three years. They won the European Cup twice, David, under mm. Brian Clough. They yeah. were they were a yeah, really really good team. No, they were. No, they were always. And and it, it it was at a different time. I mean, it was before the Premier League, and I think it was at a time before the big international money came in to uh, you know to to, to British soccer. Mm. And uh, before the uh, you had the Chelsea's, before the Bromoviches and all the other Americans that have now come in and uh, uh, oil producing sheiks, you know, that are now um, supporting these business. And ne the next one is going to be Newcastle and yes. and so on, you know. But and at that time, I think it was pretty well spread. I was looking, and I've been looking at uh, some, you know, I've been cleaning up. Um, my home here and just repacking a lot of old papers and that. What's incredible is that when you look at those teams, when I started this, they were all English. They were mm. never foreigners. And that, that meant that, uh, it was much widespread. The leagues were, you know, some of these, and also the UK, the whole economy was different. So, you know, where the money was, but Nottingham Forest was a great team. We were just talking about Huddersfield as well. Yes, you know Huddersfield has a magnificent history, and it's it's so interesting that they've even got this far. You know that 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 Huddersfield have come to to where they are um, because I think they were one of the very first clubs in uh, in, in 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 British football. Yeah, they were the, one of the founding members of the of the football league. Yes, they really were, along with teams like Accrington, Accrington, Accrington Stanley, and, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's I thought I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. But, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the point is that there's no football for me now till uh, August the sixth. I don't know. <laughs> I might have to get myself a pair of spectacles and actually start reading a couple I, of books. I, don't I know. must tell you, I felt I felt, I, I, I wanted um, I wanted Real Madrid to win, but I did so feel did I. for Liverpool. I felt for them. Yeah. They were. Uh, 
uh, after the game, they were absolutely destroyed. They were ab- abject in in uh, in, in, in their misery. But the thing is. You have a look at Liverpool. They've played three finals: the League Cup final in England, the FA Cup final in England, and both uh, both are like uh, tin cups compared to the the Championship in England and also the UEFA Champions League, the or the old European Cup. They didn't score one goal in one final. It was yes, all it was right. all it was all penalties. You're right. You're right. Mm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Did right. Mm. They didn't score. And they didn't That's score in three, in three finals. I mean, no, that finals, tells you yeah. something about their um, you know, their mentality yeah. or that people have worked them out. But oh. I, I do like Jurgen Klopp. His teeth, yeah. I think he sh- he's overdone his teeth. And I do. <laughs> you mean too white? Yeah, they're too white and just too big. I don't know. It looks, it looks like. <laughs> Looks like a oh, funny. He's, uh, but also he looked better in glasses than he does with um, uh, contact mm. lenses. But he's yeah. a really, really good chap and highly mm. intelligent. I saw a long interview mm. with him uh, over the weekend, and he really does care about uh, about issues beyond football. He's a great chap, but. As for the teeth, I think he could use some advice there. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you very much for your time, as always, on a Monday. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. Uh, David, should should I be putting out some, some sort of contact details of how people can get hold of you, or are you full of clients at the moment? No, <laughs> I'm okay. 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 In that case, if anybody, I'm, they, I'm at Sassman. If anybody wants advice, I always... Yeah, that. yeah. Your, do- I, I, your door is always open. Fast. No, exactly. Our doors always open. Exactly. We help anybody. Very good. Whether you got a rand or a million or ten million or twenty, we've never we never turn away people. Very good indeed. Yeah. Nice attitude. Mm. David Shapiro is from Sassam Securities, and that was Shapiro World. Uh, David will be back with me tomorrow night for the five o'clock shadow with Nick Kunza. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.